the classified document scandal is getting worse and worse and worse and worse for Joe Biden. Oh, don't get me wrong. When you find six classified documents after you told us that the search was complete six times, that's pretty bad. You tell us the search is complete and done and finished. They put the White House press secretary out there and embarrass her with that argument. You know things are pretty bad. And things are indeed pretty bad. But where they're worse is that the Department of Justice is now thinking about expanding the search. Oh, by the way, rightfully so. Of course the search should be expanded. It should be expanded into every place Hunter Biden has ever been, ever. Because that's the connection point that makes this far worse for Biden, for the administration, and for the Democratic Party. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, that's the number, 833-468-8669. Find everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com. But let's not make it political. Let's discuss how bad this is for the country. We can admit that people having classified documents when they shouldn't have them, where they shouldn't have them, is bad for the country. We can clearly argue that Donald Trump having classified documents in Mar-a-Lago is bad for the country. Now, were they classified or were they declassified? Did he declassify them as president? These are all questions. But if he has classified documents in his home, that's an issue. That's not safe. The Secret Service protection he gets at Mar-a-Lago pretty intense you better believe it as safe as the white house or the pentagon or some of these other areas no of course not it can't be it cannot be as safe especially when he's not president that isn't where all the focus is it's a simple thing to do it's a problem simple thing to say it's wrong right to do is admit that it's a problem and say that it's wrong it's not that difficult Yes, there could be reasons for it, one could argue. And one could argue that that as president, he declassified things, sure. But it's not difficult to say, hey, man, if he shouldn't have the documents, he shouldn't have the documents. Hey, man, that's a problem. I don't know why people would have an issue with that. And I look askew at the people who do have an issue with that or me saying that. How dare you say that about Trump? <laughs> Guys, facts are facts, logic is logic, reason is reason, and it applies all the way across. The people arguing, yeah, but Joe Biden is different because Joe Biden's cooperating and that's what matters. Also, if I could be so bold, that's not what matters. His cooperation is a nonsense talking point, is silliness, is radical garbage put forth by people who don't want to engage facts, logic, and reason spread out across all of us. The issue is not his cooperation. The issue is they're there. Classified documents from when Joe Biden was vice president of the United States. Classified documents he shouldn't have because the vice president can't declassify anything. But then we learned that there were documents in his possession from the time he was a U.S. senator. There is no possible excuse at all in any way for any of this. Zero. There's no possible excuse. And we should say so. 
And that alone is reason enough for the DOJ to expand their search. Damn straight. What does Joe Biden have? When did he have it? And who has had access to it? I believe that the DOJ, really the FBI, right? All the same, if you will. I want to know Hunter Biden's whereabouts from the time Joe Biden left uh, the office as vice president to the time he was president every single day. And who had access to what areas where Hunter Biden was? Because guaranteed, sure as the sun rises in the east, somebody had access. Like, for example, we know now through the New York Post that Joe Biden's name was mentioned prominently in an October 2017 email seeking to firm up a multi-million dollar deal to ship natural gas from the U.S. to China. The letter is dated October 27th of that year. There's an attorney out of Louisiana named Robert Fennett, F-E-N-E-T, told Hunter and his uncle, that's uh, Joe Biden's brother, Jim, that he had secured a contact for them at the Houston Energy Company, Schernere, uh, S-H-E-R-N-I-E-R-E. And you can see the email. I confirm I have requested him to be available for a call, the contact at this gas sales company for a call from Joe Biden and Hunter Biden on Monday morning to discuss the purchase of 5 million tons of gas. Was Joe Biden mentioned in an email to be on a phone call that he didn't know was going to happen? Is this going to be the argument? Jim Biden in emails with this guy, this lawyer, Fennett, referred to Biden's clan, to the Biden clan's involvement in the project, which involved supplying millions of tons of liquid natural gas from Louisiana to the Chinese state-backed conglomerate CEFC Energy, which, of course, Hunter Biden was having dealings with. The references to the big guy. Of course, that's Joe Biden. This isn't a debate. There's no debate. These are the facts. This is what happened, baby. Hunter Biden was doing business with Ukraine. Hunter Biden was doing business with China. Joe Biden knew about it. They were utilizing their influence to create deals and create dollars. And one has to ask, were these classified documents utilized? There is more to go on with Joe Biden classified documents than there ever was regarding Trump and Russia. But they still talk about it. These frauds, these failures, these fools. They still talk about it like it's something you have to be paying attention to. Well, Trump was trying to sell out America. I got emails here. But how about we take the politics out of it and we find out? How about we do the research and we stop defending the indefensible? I argue I cannot start an investigation. I cannot stop an investigation. I will not get worked up by investigations. But you better believe I'll be disgusted when there's no investigation. The FBI searching Joe Biden's home, it's the first time in U.S. history that a president has had his home searched by the FBI. If Trump was still president, that would be the top news story everywhere. Everywhere the first president in U.S. history to have his house searched by the FBI. That's Joe Biden, people. Not a word about it. There should be a word about it because these people who want our trust should actually do things that live up to the word. But if you want to take the politics out of it, we need to know.
because America was put in danger. We can discuss this as a political issue for Joe Biden, and it is a political issue for Joe Biden. It is a political issue for the political left. You've heard me uh, share uh, commentaries that I've made on on Fox News and, and how progressives are coming after me. Well, what do you expect? How are they supposed to defend this? They, but they got to go on, right? They got to get paid or whatever it, it is that's going on. Defending the indefensible, don't defend the indefensible. I have no idea what Joe Biden was doing. I don't know why the White House is addressing it like this. Corinne Jean-Pierre has failed all over the place. And this is taking away from what Biden could be having as great successes. Man, they got to get this behind them. And it's clear they have no plan to do so. And all I would be able to say after that is, I, I totally agree. And I could pile on if I want, but uh, that's it. As a Democrat, there's nothing else to say. Well, what's really important here is that uh, that that Joe Biden is working with the Department of Justice and handing over all uh, the documents. You know that Donald Trump, he tried to keep those documents, keep them away from the FBI. The ipso facto. And by the way, uh, someone said I'm using ipso facto wrong. Is that is that true? I thought ipso facto, oh, ipso facto being by the fact, ex post facto being after the fact. My fault. My fault completely. I know the difference. Ret- well, well, ex post facto would be retroactive. But it would really be after the, the event. Right, what happened ex post facto? Oh, gosh, I think I did that the other day. I hate it when I do that. I also, like, like I will sometimes confuse the name of the Indianapolis Colts general manager, Chris Ballard, with the former mayor of Indianapolis, Greg Ballard. I do that all the time. I did it here. Ipso facto, by the fact itself versus ex post facto, being, you know, af- after the fact, after the event. Ex post facto. There. Glad, glad we got that done. Important. Important when you make a mistake to say so and then correct the mistake doesn't change the fact that you didn't say it. Now, uh, the confusion of ipso facto and ex post facto, small things compared to, hey, how dare Donald Trump have classified documents? My gosh, how one, how could somebody be so uh, arrogant and be so foolhardy and irresponsible and reckless? And then when you have classified documents, it's not irresponsible and reckless? My gosh. My gosh. So no, Democrats should not be going on to Fox News and trying to defend it the way they are. Just admit it. It's a real problem. It is a real problem and a real scandal for this administration. And I am of the mind that that's it. I don't think it's going to take Joe Biden out of the presidency. It's going to take him out of running for re-election. Oh yeah, I'm there. This is bigger than everybody thinks because they're not talking about it, but we are. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. It's weird when you have to say CNN did it right, but there are times where they do, and it just drives me crazy when they don't do it right all the time. They can be such a great news outlet when they are doing news, but they don't always do news, and it is frustrating, super-duper frustrating. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. They were doing a story about China. 
and about um, the the violence therein and the abuses therein. And this was Erin uh, Burnett. It was, I think her show is out front. And um, I want I want you to hear it. It's 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 quite riveting. If you're seeing this video, that means I've already been taken by the police. These are the chilling words of a young woman in China who took part in this demonstration in Beijing on November 27th. It was one of dozens of anti-zero COVID protests that erupted in cities across China. They're chanting that they don't want COVID tests, they want freedom. Police lined the streets, but the mood was calm and peaceful. Many were there to mourn the lives lost in China's Arumqi city, where a deadly fire broke out in a lockdown building. This 26-year-old woman, an editor at a publishing house, said that is why she and her friends took to the streets. She said they followed the rules and didn't have any conflict with the police. Soon after filming this, she was arrested. She knew her time was nearing. CNN has learned from sources that weeks after the protest, police started rounding up her friends one by one, most of them also young female professionals. We tracked down and interviewed one of her friends who's been tirelessly searching for her. We're not revealing her name or any of the sources we've spoken to because of concerns of retribution from the Chinese state. I think we can agree on two things. Uh, First, uh, these people live in horror. And secondly, none of this is abnormal for communist China. This is who they are. This is how they live. And it is radical and it is dangerous and it is flat out frightening. And so when we discuss China and we discuss how we have to deal with China, understand what we're dealing with and understand that there are multiple ways for this to happen, multiple ways for this to take place. China has to be dealt with economically. And so when we told the story yesterday about Apple saying that it's going to move 25% of its workforce on the iPhone in the manufacturing of the iPhone to India, this is incredibly important because this is how you hurt China. You have to hurt them in this way. You have to take away the money, the engine by which they do all the ill-gotten things to the rest of the world including trying to buy land and basically buy people in South America and in uh, nations across Africa. That's happening. They buy the infrastructure, they buy the airport, and so therefore they control the airport, what comes in and what goes out and all those things because, well, it's China and that's what they do. So you have to hurt them economically. You have to beat them militarily, not only in the concept of the U.S. Navy, which is paramount, but in cybersecurity. You have to prevent them from having control of things like the 5G network. You have to put an end to Huawei and ZTE being on your soil. They're not allowed to have contracts. But then you have to go a step further in ensuring the safety and security of a nation. You cannot allow members of the Communist Chinese Party of any type of connection to own land or businesses in your country. They cannot own land, specifically farmland in the United States. They cannot own businesses in the United States. The Constitution is not for them, it is for us. It is not for communists to use against us, it is for us to remember how to live a free life, and we need to remember that letters of mark and reprisal are extremely important when taken on commies. But the other way you you, you go about defeating the, the, the communists, because 
we're not defeating China, we're defeating the communists, but you have to discuss it as China, and it gets, right, It get people get that very, very, like, entrenched, uh, the Chinese people are good people, we're not discussing the people. The people, as you just heard, very much want to be free. They don't want this crap at all. Uh, they think it sucks. What they want is to be free. And they have to fight for it. What we need to do is be very supportive in that fight. We need to be publicly supportive in that fight. And part of the way that happens is through, well, propaganda war. Publicly questioning what happened to so-and-so. Why don't we see them anymore? The Chinese government should immediately find out where so-and-so is or what happened to this group of people. When we see protests, we should be proactive to statements that the United States understands the value and importance of free speech. While sometimes messy, it is everything, including the right to protest. And we only hope that our friends in China understand this very important issue and have come to realize that this is the proper way, even if ugly, better than the alternative that comes from keeping people silent. Mock their way of life. When they come at us, look at what the United States does. Look at how we treated these protesters. And the, the response has to be, well, maybe China should try letting people speak. Sometimes it gets messy, but it's better than the alternative. It's better than the way they do it. This is, it's, it's because of our freedoms that people desperately want to be Americans and people are not so much clamoring for the shores of Hong Kong, Beijing, Shanghai, you have to mock them. You have to ridicule them. It, it hits them where it hurts. Uh, the, the pride conversation matters greatly. What, what, what do they believe? Do they believe that somehow they, they have some, some lock on morality? There's nothing moral about them. We should say so and remind the world of it. And then we should take a look at people who are doing business with China in the areas that we find uh, ill-opportune and we should have words. And you say to me, Tony, we deal with China all the time. Oh, oh, this is going to be the part where people will be like, wait, wait, it's good for the, us, but it's not good for them? Uh, yeah. Because it's going to take us a little bit longer to extricate, but we should. At least while there's a communist regime, we should extricate to the moment of, uh, that we can, to the extent that we can, and then a little bit further, and then a little bit further. You have to fight them militarily. You have to fight them in the cyber. You have to fight them in, in, the, in the technology. In the technology they steal, you have to fight them in the propaganda. You have to fight China. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your politics. China is the enemy. The Communist Chinese Party specifically is the enemy of all free and thinking people, regardless of your politics. So let's go fight them. So people don't have to worry about being disappeared anymore. I think that's a better way to be. Oh, and America will be safer. And that's the win. I'm Tony Katz. You know, President Biden really has been uh, singularly focused on reducing costs for American families, especially energy costs, especially uh, both uh, transportation as well as at home. No one knows what Secretary Granholm is saying there. She, she was a terrible governor of Michigan. She's terrible as the Secretary of Energy. She doesn't believe in energy security, never mind energy dominance, never mind energy independence. And now she wants to tell you that Joe Biden, classified document stealing Joe Biden, 
is singularly focused on reducing energy costs. I thought energy prices were all because of Russia, 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 and the invasion. Stop the invasion and everything will go down. I thought that was it. He can do it somehow with his mind. Does anybody believe Joe Biden can do anything with his mind? (laughs) Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything. TonyKatz.Locals.com. I had a bunch of weirdo audio. I haven't, I haven't gotten to, to, to everything. Like, I was talking about uh, Joe Biden and, and the documents, and then there was this this insanity from Joe Scarborough, Mika Brzezinski. This show used to be the intellectual, intellectual show. Pathetic people. They're interviewing Lawrence O'Donnell. Did you hear this? Lawrence, I'm sure you agree with me on this point. Uh, the fact that Joe Biden has documents, uh, the fact that they're, you know, they, he opened up his house uh, and, and it's nothing like so far, nothing like like the Trump document case. That, sh- that shouldn't confuse Merrick Garland. That shouldn't confuse the DOJ if Donald Trump's case justifies charging him regardless of what Joe Biden did. Yeah, and and everything we know about the Biden case is because of Biden cooperation. Every single thing we know about it, uh, including this last weekend's discovery where the Biden lawyers uh, in, in talking to the Justice Department said, uh, listen, should we do more? And and the, the details of the search, the Biden search, are really important. This last search, they searched the bathrooms. They searched every single room of the house. That they did not happen. They opened up the entire house. They right. opened up their entire house and, for searching. And, and that did not happen in Florida. That- Why wasn't this search two months ago? Why should I take that as something special and important and valuable when... When it's not, why does Biden have the documents is what matters. I just thought it amazing that every single moment there, there's one more foolhardy defense. And you, it, it's as if somehow Trump's job was to say, well, here you go. He was arguing that some things belong to him. He's not allowed to argue that. Weird, weird flex from people who actually want to claim uh, they, they believe in freedom because, well, not not so not so much. It's not the only crazy thing that I seem to have here in the audio archives, but I wanted to get to two stories that I thought were fascinating. Uh, first, this story that uh, Jeff Bezos is thinking about selling the Washington Post and buying the Washington Commanders. Um probably make more money with football that that'd be my take and daniel snyder the owner of the commanders needs to sell nobody wants him as an owner no one wants the man as an owner they they don't like him there's the whole story of what was going on was it the cheerleaders and photos and everything else they don't they there's there's no faith no faith in that dude whatsoever now i will tell you i don't have faith in jeff bezos either I love how Elon Musk gets all this criticism every day and twice on Sunday. Jeff Bezos owns an extremely powerful newspaper. What about their bent? How come Bezos never gets called out? Because his bent is proper. It's right. You know this as well as I do. My problem is what happens when he does sell, to whom does he sell it? 
to whom does he sell it? Now, he has said that the Washington Post is not for sale. Everything's uh, for, for, for sale. Everything is for sale. And I think that he wouldn't mind being part of that ownership group. Being, a, being an owner, an NFL owner, I mean, that's big deal. That's big deal. That is beyond the exclusive club. It's it's what, when you've got the money to throw around, it's what people want. 150%. It's exactly what people want. So will he or won't he? That's going to be uh, the, the, the question. I'm trying to figure out what it does to us for us. What does it mean if he sells the Washington Post, owning the Commanders means very, very little to me. I'm not going to somehow be a fan of a team that is no longer the Washington Redskins. Sorry, I'm just not going to be a fan of that team. But what does it say? What happens if he sells the Post and, and to whom? There's some conservative outfit out there, some conservative billionaires who are going to pony up to be in the newspaper business. There's money in the newspaper business. This this whole story has made me think more of this uh, Stephen Crowder Daily Wire story. Because I've been asked a, a lot about it. Not because of the knowledge of, of the players, but just uh, what what do you think? Stephen Crowder is unbelievably popular on online. Daily Wire seems to have a tremendous amount of money behind it. They offered Stephen Crowder for his uh, his shows, his series, uh, and the audience he can bring, $50 million over four years. So $12.5 million a year. And I'm here to tell you, people looked at that number and said, he walked away from that, and then he actually created a video saying that, you know, you, we can't have conservatives doing this to conservatives. It's slavery, and or whatever else he, he said. I don't want to put all the words in, in the man's mouth. Um and he turned down the deal, and people were like, this is ridiculous, and the Daily Wire was so insulted, they actually read out the term sheet. Like, here, here's what we offered him. Right here. Here's what, what, we, what we offered him. And uh, Crowder didn't feel it was supportive enough. I didn't feel it was enough money. You want him to produce the show, star in the show, for basically a million dollars a month. Well, that may work for you. But if he has, through his subscriber base, call it 300,000 subscribers, and he's getting $3 a month from each subscriber, isn't he already making what you're paying? Why would he now go work for you? It wouldn't seem to me to be an incentive. And you say to me, yeah, Tony, but he doesn't have that many subscribers. He doesn't? Go take a look at how many subscribers he has on on YouTube alone. Now, the problem with YouTube is that they demonetized him. That's the problem. Steven Crowder has 5.93 million subscribers on YouTube. 5.3 million. Um, 5.93 million. That's That's a lot of subscribers. Am I to believe he doesn't have 300, 350,000 people who would pay him $3 a month? Of 
course he does. Of course he could. Of course he can. Of course. So, I look at this, and I'm like, that's certainly not enough money. But it was just a starting point. It was the start of a negotiation. Go back and redline this and change that and do that. The deal works or the deal doesn't. I didn't understand the, the, uh, the, the, the burning it down part. I didn't understand why he 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 showed the contract and, and made it very clear that it was it was Daily Wire. I I, I don't know why he he did that. I, uh, I I did reach out to him. I'm not expecting him to to, to reach back, and uh, I, I wouldn't do that, and I, I wouldn't expect that. I should say, and so I don't I don't quite know what his point was there, and I don't know how it helped him in in his positioning. I really and truly don't know how how that helped but it made me uh this whole conversation about bezos made me think of crowder and daily wire because the if if you think there's a a billionaire out there uh, on the political right who's willing to just buy the newspaper and not worry about profit just worried about getting you know real news out as opposed to propaganda narrative news well you're nuts because the political right doesn't work like this it's exactly the problem of the political right they're capitalists by nature uh so they claim Oh, oh, you don't want me to get into that fight right now, do you? Hoo-wee. You know what? Invite me to do a talk. Uh, I, I, I do get paid for that. Uh, and I will do that talk. Oh, oh, I will, I will bring, I will bring the heavy. The, the conservatives who aren't actually capitalists. Oh, that list is deep and famous. I, oh, oh, that is a that is a favorite talk of mine. The political right doesn't do the thing that it needs to do, which is the investment in talent to share concepts to change culture. They invest in businesses where they expect a return. Steven Crowder has a larger online profile and following than I do. We, we don't question this. But let's take us both as an example. If you are investing in me and you're a radio station, you, you're paying me X and then the sponsorship is X plus and that's what makes it valuable. And my participation helps bring that plus number. I bring the sponsors and I bring the extra dollars you can charge because what we've created as a show and all the places it plays brings a very large audience to that radio station. Let's say you wanted to expand that out. You wanted to expand that out digitally and you wanted to really build an audience where you were discussing these important ideas because these ideas will help make the country better. Is that your profit motive? Well, no, we, we, want to, we want to be able to monetize it. Okay. Not as easy to do. But it's important to get the message out there. Well, which is it? Do you want to get the message out there or do you want to monetize? Because getting the message out there is much easier. All you have to do is have people who can get the message out there and ensure that they're paid to get the message out there. The left does this all the time. The left doesn't worry about the profit motive. The left simply helps people move the message because that's what matters. Move the narrative because that's what matters. 
The right is always having to figure out where the profit's going to be and why isn't it there fast enough and everything else. Because the billionaire class of the right, the wealthy of the right, they haven't figured out their job yet. And the content creator, and I think this is the conversation Crowder's having, it's a conversation I had quite a few years ago, what do you really want? If you want to save the country by moving these conversations forward, well, help me move the conversations forward. But you need this percentage, you need this. You need, what do you want to do here? You want to build a business. That's great. That's wonderful. We should build a business. But what are we going to do between now and the time the business is built? What's the plan? The left doesn't have this issue. The left just throws the money at all the things, and throws the money at all the candidates. The right doesn't do it. The right doesn't do it. And, and you say to me, well, shouldn't you want to do that, Tony? Isn't that the capitalism? I'm not arguing, no, that uh, you want a business model. I get it. But we're not having the conversation this way because we're talking about how you fight and how you fight properly. It's just like we discuss it with voting. I don't like early voting, but if they're going to early vote, we've got to early vote. I don't like ballot harvesting, but if they're going to ballot harvest and it's legal, we're going to do it as well. I don't like ballot curing, but if it's legal and they're doing it, we're going to do it as well because you have to fight like they do. Why does that not apply to culture? Why does that not apply to culture? If I move messages and people think these messages are important, why is it that anybody would hesitate just throwing dollars at my feet and saying, keep it up, cats? I'm not just talking about me. A lot, a lot of people out there. It's because they don't think that way. And I'm not saying that this is how everybody should do it. If someone's making $72,000 a year or $39,000 a year, they may not have the money to just hear. Although they're supportive and it's unbelievably appreciative when they are. But when we take a look at the political right billionaire set, multi-millionaire set what are, you, what are you doing what do you want you can lose the country or you can keep the country if you keep the country you'll still be able to make a profit with the other things that you do and if you lose the country you're screwed and right now you're losing the country so why are you coming to me talking to me about well how's this business going to make money your profit motive is you get to keep the country you jackass man try explaining that to people I think that's a little bit of what Crowder was trying to do. I think he did it horrifically. Concept, maybe he's on to it. Uh, the presentation didn't work for me. Maybe it worked for you. We'll talk about it in the future. This is Tony Katz today. Man, Google employees are not happy about the job cuts over there. Sundar Pichai, having, he's the CEO of Google, uh, having to defend himself, defend the company, why they made these cuts. Kids... These are just the beginning. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I had a conversation yesterday with somebody who was saying, who knows more about the tech world than I do, saying you should take the, the deal now. Take the deal now to walk. Take the severance now because when the second round of cuts comes, there will be no severance. It won't happen. You'll just be out of a job. I was like, that's, that's heavy. And they're like, that's fact. That's how it's going to go down. Now, I, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if it'll actually go down like that. But I share the story, and I'll let you, I'll, I'll, I'll let you decide what to do with that information. So I'm, I'm heading down to Florida. 
you know, I got an event that I gotta, I gotta do. So I'll be coming to you from Florida tomorrow. So uh, for those of you uh, who are going to be dealing with a, a whole bunch of snow that's coming through uh, the middle of, of, of the country, um, I'm going to be feeling for you. I'll also be feeling my toes in the sand. I'll do it for you. I'll dig an ex- a little bit extra deep just for you. And I'll say hi to Governor DeSantis as well. This is Tony Katz today.